Hi everyone, uh, welcome to the Bodies Behaving Badly podcast with me, Gabby. Um, Sophie's not here today, unfortunately. I think she's on holiday or something. Not holiday, but she's just somewhere in the country. Um, so it's just me. I've actually tried to record this episode before, but um, I just said, um, all the way through and I rambled and I was incredibly nasal because hay fever. So it's just me and today I will be talking about how I personally get out of a funk. Um, just like a two, three week patch where maybe you're feeling super low, super unenergized and you just need some ideas to have a pick me up basically. Um, this came about to me because I was, well, let's go back. After, oh, I just hit the mic, sorry. <laughs> Oopsies. After A-levels, uh, we had our exams, obviously, and I just kind of felt super low afterwards. And it was kind of unexpected because everyone talks about when you finish your exams and how exciting it's going to be. and. It's it's like this big event and you're going to go on holiday and you're going to go clubbing and it's going to be super exciting. And I had my last exam and then a few weeks afterwards I just felt, whoa, I don't actually feel that great. Nothing's changed. And it makes sense because the world doesn't revolve around you. The world carries on going. And so when you submit a big project, there isn't going to be fireworks at the end, it's just going to be you're looking out your window and the day's the same and it can be a huge anticlimax. so yes, I am recording an episode on how I get out of this funk because it happens in every single exam period, uh, every single big coursework project I submit it and then I feel crap afterwards, uh, which is, I don't know if it's that common or maybe it is that common and people don't talk about it, but I'm deciding to talk about it today and I think it's quite relevant for our oh, oh I just <laughs> hit the mic hit the mic great I think it's relevant for our podcast because you know for IBS um, stress and how you're feeling mentally is a is a big part of irritable bowel syndrome and when you're not feeling great in yourself mentally it will affect your digestive system so I'll talk about this later but yeah caveat I do have hay fever and if I sound nasal or if I make a weird gross noise, I'm sorry but I can't help it. Um, I've nasal sprayed to the max <laughs> so uh, here I am. Um, the structure of this podcast is usually uh, me and Sophie will talk about how our week has been. It feels a bit strange for me to do that myself because you know it's quite narcissistic to talk about myself but I suppose I'll stick to the routine so this week has been pretty wild. <laughs> There's been the Euros, the football Euros, um, which obviously everyone knows about. Um, I don't know, for me personally, it was it was really like good to get into. I didn't watch that many games, but any time England played, I, I would watch. And it was super fascinating to see how football actually works, because usually, you know, you walk past the screen and you see uh, just some guys kicking <laughs> kicking a ball around a field. And it was really nice to understand how football, the analysis side and the technical side of it, I uh, really enjoyed it. But obviously England didn't win, so that was really sad to watch. And uh, even more, even sadder is the uh, racism that came afterwards, which is awful. And if you see anyone saying anything nasty like that, just 
report them and um, you know name and shame them basically uh, it's terrible and it shouldn't shouldn't happen um, but on a slightly lighter note well it's not really lighter actually <laughs> we're talking about getting out of a funk um, oh yeah also another another thing this week is I'm trying to reduce my screen time um, I'm really trying to set up my own stuff you know I'm trying to set up my own artwork my own projects uh, to be self-employed eventually in the future and you know being on social media everything is on social media now and so it can be super hard to not get completely absorbed in Instagram and uh, Pinterest and YouTube and whatnot but I'll talk about screen time slightly later on in the podcast so let's dive straight into it shall we so the first thing I'd say about trying to lift yourself out of a funk is to really accept the way you're feeling this is quite obvious but yeah accept the way you're feeling acknowledge the way you're feeling and figure out why first of all if you don't accept the way you're feeling you're just going to get into a vicious cycle right if you've got super high expectations of right i've got to do this each day and i've got to reach this by the by the end of the week and you're feeling in a slump you're never going to reach that target right you're never going to reach that mental goal which is going to make you feel worse about yourself which then is going to make you make it even harder to achieve what you want and then you're going to feel worse about yourself and so and so and it's just this awful vicious cycle so it's best to stop it in its tracks and just say right okay I feel low this week I'm going to go with the flow and just see where it takes me and I know uh, I'm going to come out come out feeling good at the end uh, so just go with the flow basically uh, it's pretty obvious but it's important to say even more important is trying to figure out why you know is it linked to your menstrual cycle are you experiencing PMS because if it's PMS and you know oh, okay in a week I'll be feeling fine and you can let go of that stress of why am I feeling like this why am I feeling so low is it something you can control is it something that's at work at school that maybe you can say to yourself right actually this isn't going so well I can fix this and I can make myself feel better it's important to establish if it's something that you can fix yourself or if it's something that is out of your control um, and if it's out of your control like maybe um, a hormonal imbalance that could in the long term be in your control if you fix your you know the way you, your lifestyle is but for the time being it's it is just the way it is and maybe you just have to like ride it out until you can think clearer and fix it um, slightly down the line not down the line but you know what I mean like if you've got a hormonal imbal imbalance it's not just gonna fix overnight you know so it's important to figure out why why you're feeling like this um, and you know is it a trigger it might be um, something that sets you off that you haven't quite realised uh, the pattern behind and maybe you can sit down with yourself and think actually that thing happened before and it had the same negative effect like I know that exam periods although I feel fine in the moment they are a trigger for afterwards because I'll be in an anti-climax so it's important to realise that next maybe you just need a cry right <laughs> sometimes uh, you just need a cry we've all had that experience where you've watched a film you've had a cry and there's that release of tension so 
you know, maybe it is, you just need to just let it out, you know. <laughs> I don't need to tell you that, but I don't need to tell you anything, but it's important to realise. Another interesting thing for me is uh, there's an amazing woman called Maisie Hill. She has a podcast called Period Power, and uh, she's also written a book called Period Power and a book called Perimenopause Power. Um, and she talks about in one of her episodes on her podcast about the difference between stagnant energy and no energy. Um, this is something that kind of blew my mind because, you know, when you're feeling low and you're feeling down, you kind of immediately put it towards, oh, I've got no energy, I've got no energy left. But Maisie Hill explains that sometimes we have stagnant energy, which is energy that's not going anywhere. It's just sitting. It's just it's just low right so we've all experienced having a nap that's like way too long and you wake up and you feel worse than when you went into that nap it's not because you've got no energy it's not because you slept poorly it might be but it's probably because you've actually you've had two or three hours where your energy is just doing nothing you're just lying on a sofa or lying on your bed and then trying to wake up again is like lifting an anchor of, it's like with lifting this heavy weight of energy and trying to shift it. Another example I have is when I go on a run, I find it a lot harder to stop, have a break and carry on running, which sounds bizarre, but it, it's because when you stop running, that adrenaline suddenly like drops, right? And you're suddenly in this restful state. And then when you try to run again, it's like, as I was saying before, it's like trying to lift this like heaviness and it's like running through treacle sometimes. It's like, oh, I've got to pick myself back up again. Whereas if I just, if I just ease the energy out, the adrenaline out slowly and I carry on ticking over, I carry on running slowly, then it, oh, it's like the energy kind of like gradually increases as opposed to dipping and then picking it back up again and then dipping and picking it back up again it's it's more consistent it's more level um so maybe in your life you're you're experiencing that you're too that you're almost resting too much and that your energy isn't going anywhere and it can feel for me the difference between stagnant and energy and having no energy is that when my energy is stagnant I feel lazy, I feel bored, I feel unmotivated. Oh, <laughs> what's up? <laughs> when I've got no energy, it's because I'm burnt out. It's because my, um, I'm feeling super stressed. I haven't been eating right and I'm exhausted. And I'm, I'm more emotional and more irritable because I've, I've got nothing left in my system. So it's really interesting to figure out what it is uh, within you are you stagnant or do you just have no energy and um, if you are stagnant maybe you should you know input some things in your day-to-day -day that really pick yourself back up again um, and if you've got no energy then it's probably best to rest and it's probably best to just chill out for a bit um, so that's an important one to talk about ah <whistles> this is exhausting point number two is that somebody I was talking to somebody at uni once and I was saying to them Gee, you know, like, sometimes I try to relax and I try to give myself a day off and I'll be sitting there watching Netflix and I'll be watching YouTube and it just doesn't, it just stresses me out even more, to be honest. And 
it always used to confuse me because I'd think, surely sitting watching a film all day is is a relaxing thing, so why am I feeling restless? Why am I feeling irritable? Um, and they said to me, you know, from the outside you seem like quite a creative person, quite a um, mobile person, like somebody who likes to move a lot to create a lot of things with their hands and, you know, whatnot. They said, maybe, you know, you need to be doing something that's actually really practical, that's really physical when you're resting, which sounds odd, but it made complete sense to me. Um, so instead of sitting down and watching Netflix, you know, when I'm doing that, my mind is wandering. I'm thinking, oh, I should be doing this, I should be doing that, I should be doing this. But instead, if I do something like a bit of yoga or baking or a bit of painting, I can kind of channel that energy into something that's super mindless, super, um, you know, it isn't considered productive, but it still is something that I'm doing that I feel like is purposeful and I can channel that energy, like, I can channel that irritability through creating something and then afterwards I feel like, oh, I've done it, like, I've put all of my energy into this thing and now I can relax and then sometimes, then I'll watch Netflix and I'll feel good enough and I'll feel... Um, relaxed enough to really enjoy it. So that's something for you creative people out there or um, you know anyone who is uh, super restless like me. Um, it might be better for you to actually, you know it sounds ironic but to do something that is really, um, it really moves you forward. Uh, so that's point number two is maybe the like mainstream sort of way of relaxing like watching TV is not really for you. <laughs> Point number three is to get outside and get into nature. This is also obvious. Oh, by the way, I'm not like an expert. This is just from my personal experience and um, I'm basically just a kid, <laughs> but it's good to, um, it's good to talk about, you know, I think everyone's personal experiences are valid and yeah, anyways. Get into nature, even if it's just sticking your head outside your window for five minutes, it's so much better than just staying indoors all day, you know. When you're in your room, the air is still. It's kind of stale, it's it's not going anywhere, it's not moving. But when you go outside, you can feel this like rush of fresh air, right? For me, it's grounding, but also the biggest thing for me is that when I go outside, everything falls into perspective. I can see things that are bigger than me, things that have been around longer than me, you know, plants and trees and fields that, you know, it was their ground before mine and it makes me realise actually there are other things going on in the world other than my own world. When I'm stuck in my room I can kind of get a bit self-absorbed and I, I stress about, oh, what's going to happen in the future, what will happen tomorrow? And when I go outside and I, I see other people, I see small businesses, I realise, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> actually, there are other people in this world and it's not all about me and I just need to take a chill pill. <laughs> I just need to take a chill pill. So, yeah, that's a, a really important one for me. And also, like, the exercise is obviously good especially walking, it's, it's less intense, 
it's not putting your body under stress and it's that slow release of uh, any tension you have and obviously it's good for your respiratory system it's it's just you know like it's walking <laughs> pretty bog standard you know um i just find going outside helps to balance things and yeah just getting outside man getting outside number four this is pretty much the same but when the sun is out in England it's pretty rare but when it is getting it like obviously protect your skin and don't burn and don't stay in the sun too long because obviously skin damage and um, cancer risk but you know sometimes I think we we actually kind of hide from the sun a bit too much and actually vitamin D is so good for your health and I find that when I sit in the sun I'm stray so I don't burn I do have to be careful but I can really sit in the sun and uh, afterwards my skin like it is like somebody gets a life serum and just injects it into my face because ac my acne goes my spots go my god like I get rosy cheeks my that's probably just sunburn but <laughs> my complexion is like amazing and it just makes me feel so much better about myself and um, I look in the mirror and I don't feel like I have to put in any effort I can just like the sun has just made me glow <laughs> like no other product I've ever used before so um, yeah maybe just get in the sun and obviously like the warmth on your skin and vitamin D is good for fighting coronavirus right so at the moment it's great but also, um, I don't know about you, but it's kind of hard to sit scrolling on your phone when you're in the sun. Your phone gets hot, it gets sweaty, and you can't really, you know, your hand, it's just, you can't really see the screen. And so it's a good opportunity to kind of be away from your phone and to maybe read a book or just literally just sit there with your eyes closed. And it's a good way to be a bit more meditative, a bit more um, in the zone, as it were in the zone right next one i don't know if I, I really hope i'm not talking too fast but i was just rambling on rambling on before so five is to do something that reminds you of your childhood um this is like uh, something i'm super passionate about we as we grow up we're kind of told to you know drop those things that are fun and to do things that are more you know serious and you've got to pick one thing and stick to it and money 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 and business business and you can't you feel um it doesn't feel socially acceptable to do something that is just kind of makes you laugh and just is fun obviously in our country there's you know a big pub scene and that's one thing right going out in the evening to a pub have some drinks whatever but it's another thing to do something that's totally like just reminds you of your childhood like going to the park with your mates and just kicking a ball around or um you know dancing even and uh baking and listening to music and playing music and something that really embraces your inner child um it's still in there we still have that inner child in us that wants to just you know let go and just do something super mindless but we kind of we slowly enclose it and enclose it as we grow older 
and it's so good for your mental health to do something that is just is nostalgic and just reminds you of being younger and having less stress on your plate I mean maybe you did maybe you had a pretty rough childhood but for a lot of us you know in our country we had a pretty plain sailing childhood and um, it's good to tap tap into that and uh, yeah something that really taps into my childhood is uh, sprinting which <laughs> sounds super knobby but <laughs> it is sprinting was my first ever hobby it was my first sport it was totally fun it was just like oh the social scene was amazing the social scene was great and the thing that really makes me feel nostalgic and you know really good in myself is just literally going to the park and running as fast as I can <laughs> which doesn't happen often at all but when I do oh, I just feel so like oh I just did something super fun so that's that's one thing also I should say that you know, if if you are feeling low, don't put pressure on yourself to do all of these things, to, you know, eat super healthy, do this, do that, because that can be stressful in itself. So, you know, take things at your own time, but maybe implementing one or two of these things might be good to do. So, tip number six is to do something that gives you a sense of purpose. I was talking to someone about this the other day and um, they were saying like oh I just feel like there's nothing to do I feel like oh I just wake up and I just feel like you know crap um, and I was saying to them look just do something like even if it's just making your bed in the morning even if it's it doesn't have to be super productive it doesn't have to lead you to a career you know we put so much pressure on ourselves to have everything now to travel now to do a x y and z now and like it doesn't have to be like that just little steps each day to make you feel like i am a step further to doing something that i like to do even if it doesn't actually lead you to anything in the in the future in the present moment doing something that makes you feel fulfilled at the end of the day will make a huge difference and it will make you feel inspired for the next day and the next day um, it could be just like I don't know teaching yourself um, a song on the guitar I don't know <laughs> one day or um, maybe giving something to a food bank another day I don't know just like something that makes you feel like wow like I actually did something that made me feel purpose. Also, another point to add to this is we often say to ourselves, oh, I'll do this when the time is right. I'll do this next year. I'll do this in two months when this is over and yada, yada, yada. And it goes on and on and on. And the reality is, is that there's no right time. There's no perfect time to do these things. And it's so much better to say to yourself, right, today I'm going to do this, which will lead me to do this thing I want to do in 10 years time, five years time, but at least today I've started and I've done something that will get me on the path to that place, right? Um, so let's say you want to be a, a photographer in the future. Um, there's no point waiting for when you get the perfect camera, when you get the perfect roll of film, when you get the perfect setting and the perfect models. Just use your phone, just use 
that like disposable camera in your drawer just use something that at least gets you started and gets you on the right track so that's number one because if anything like that will get you out of your slump is if you do something that makes you feel purposeful my next point is to wear clothes that are comfortable I'm so passionate about this because I remember in sixth form when I used to be sitting there in a pencil skirt that was <laughs> I literally cringe thinking about it now because if I had a panini for lunch and my IBS was popping off <laughs> that pencil skirt was my enemy I'd be sitting in my film class I'd be buckled over I'd be like oh I'm bloated I'd be you know dealing with UTIs and I would have this thing that was just like strapped to my legs basically and it was awful and I look back and I think wow why didn't I just wear baggy loose trousers and eventually I did because I was like sod this I'm not going to wear this to dress to impress because at the end of the day nobody cares really what you look like people care about how you are receptive to other people they care about your personality your your levels of um, comfortability you know people don't care about that pencil skirt you're wearing so if it's uncomfortable and it's ruining your day ditch it <laughs> just wear something that is comfortable especially if you've got um, like an underlying health issue or something that is physically causing you discomfort another example um, that makes me laugh is you know I go to London and you oh, <laughs> I go to London and uni I go to uni in London and um, you know the area there is so everyone is dressed so so fine so fine uh, not everyone but you know a lot of people and uh, you do feel pressure to kind of wear nice clothes and I would go through a phase in uni of wearing these like super pointy boots and like jeans and whatever and I would be running to my singing lesson <laughs> late of course <laughs> but my feet would kill because my shoes were cutting up my feet they were digging into my toes and I could oh my god the pain the pain and it was just not worth the stress it would have been so much better if I was just in trainers if I was just in like baggy trousers trainers a rucksack and off I go I don't have to worry about you know my shirt that's coming undone or my whatever and uh, this is like a story that makes me laugh but one time I was running to my singing lesson I'm always late to my singing lessons <laughs> sorry Sarah I'm always late and I was running and uh I was wearing one of those bras with like the front clasp <laughs> and uh, it just pinged open just pinged open one time and I was there in the middle of Covent Garden just <laughs> just like not Covent Garden but wherever it was I was there trying to do up my bra and like my hands or trying not to flash anyone and I just think Christ that stress I caused myself and I caused my body just because I wasn't wearing the correct bra is like unreal so just wear clothes that make you feel good and it's you know invest in clothes as well it's it's no good having 10 bras 10 shoes 10 um pairs of jeans that are tight that are rubbing against your skin that are made of really crap materials if you know it's just no use you may as well have one or two or three that are you know good and that's going to last you and that's going to support you and that's going to see you through those days where you're rushing to your singing lesson and you don't want your bra to ping undone you bet I chucked that thing out of my room <laughs> as soon as I came home that day because 
I was never gonna wear that ever again after that. So uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a big point. Um, wear clothes that make you feel comfortable, especially you know if you've got IBS and you're going for a meal, you don't want to be wearing things that are tight and restrictive. It's just gonna make your bloating so much worse. It's gonna make any stomach ache you get so much worse. So just think, put yourself first, you know. My next point is um, using candles and aromatherapy, you know, well, candles are aromatherapy, but using candles and oils and things like this. Obviously, you know, it's our default to light a candle when we want to relax, but, you know, when you really think about why, it's important. So I used to pick my skin and I still do all the time, but there was a period uh, in winter this year where I was picking my skin all the time and it was sort of starting to take over my life a bit and um, in our bathroom we had down lighters and uh, we have a mirror like that covers the whole wall and so I'd go into the bathroom at night to take off my makeup and then I'd see these spots and these marks from these down lighters and I just I just could not not pick at them um, so what I started to do is Thanks to Sophie, um, I started to light a candle in the bathroom instead. And not only did this make it almost dark where I couldn't even see my skin, but it also, it was in the way of the mirror where I placed it. For me to reach at my skin, I'd have to lean over the candle. Uh, sorry, I just had to take a small break there because my uh, laptop decided to be full of storage. <laughs> so. Okay, so right, I was talking about candles and aromatherapy, and um, so I have to remember where I left off. It's also to think about, you know, why do these things make us feel relaxed? Um, a good analogy I have is uh, I'm really into learning about birth. <laughs> don't don't ask me why. It's just I think I was maybe a midwife in a in a past life or something, but I love learning about birth and. Um, a lot of the reasons why some women choose to have a home birth is because the hospital environment is, is simply, it can be too stark and too cold and you know, side note obviously, the NHS are amazing but in terms of the physical building sometimes they can be too, uh, literally the lighting is too white and the lighting is too blue toned and grey um, and when you have a home birth you can you know, control those lighting levels and people often use low lighting, candles, um, uh, salt lamps, fairy lights, you know, all of these things to create a warmer environment. And that is because they know that when their body is in a more um, homely environment, a warmer toned environment, their body can relax and in their case, open up in that sense. But, you know, they can feel more at ease and so the reason why candles and you know fire in that sense is so good is because you know our body goes back to its roots of lighting fires for food and lighting fires for warmth and and for life really and so when we see a flame and we see a candle so long as it's not a dangerous flame we feel that instant comfort and security that uh, I'm at home I'm with this thing that's going to keep me warm and that's going to keep me safe um, if you go back to the roots of it um, and in terms of scents I mean 
that's not really my... I don't know anything about the science behind that. I don't really know anything about the science of any of this, but it's just what I, I've learned. Um, but aromatherapy, you know, essential oils and um, burning... Lavender, not burning lavender, but having lavender oil in a diffuser, you know, it makes you feel sleepy, it makes you feel more relaxed. So just using these things that are totally effortless, that will really help you feel... If you are feeling stressed, it will just relax you mentally and physically. So that's something to think about. Next tip is to get away from your screens. This is obviously something that we all talk about and I won't talk about it for very long because uh, so many people talk about it, but I personally feel like our attention span is getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And it makes sense, right? Because if you look at entertainment across the centuries you know entertainment used to be three hour long operas um, and then they were cut down to two hour long shows in the West End then we started watching films that were an hour an hour and a half two hours then we started instead of watching so many films we started watching Netflix shows which were an hour maybe 45 minutes then it was like YouTube then Instagram had like minute long videos and now we're on TikTok where we try and learn how to bake a cookie in 10-15 seconds and it's just ridiculous and we can't, we're not patient enough as a society anymore to just watch something or to read something that is, you know, lasts more than 15 minutes. Um, I mean, sometimes we can and it's nice to have in the background, but in terms of, you know, everyday quickness, we want things quicker and quicker and quicker. And I, I see it in myself. I used to be able to practice piano for three or four hours sometimes, and now I can hardly make it past an hour without my brain wandering off or literally getting tired from being so attentive on this one thing. So I think breaking away from from screen time is important for that reason is to give yourself patience give yourself your patience back and to stop having things on such a speed all the time um maybe i could do a whole podcast about uh about the like impact on phones and maybe we can get someone on but that's really important for me and a tip to uh allow yourself to kind of separate from the addiction of phones is to swap out YouTube for things like podcasts. I used to be addicted to YouTube. I still am. If I have the app on my phone, I'll be scrolling YouTube for hours and hours, even if I don't realise it. And when I switched to podcasts, suddenly I could have this thing that would play for about an hour, sometimes an hour and a half, and I would have my phone in my back pocket. Like I wouldn't even look at it. I wouldn't see it. I don't have my ringer on because... I don't want people to be texting all the time and I don't want to be texting all the time. No, sorry. <laughs> I like my friends to text but I just don't want to be texting all the time and not having my ringer on and instead listening to a podcast, it gives me that hit of, what is it, endorphins? I don't know, what's the thing that like, that instant gratification thing that goes off in your brain but it gives me that hit but without being so like, all of my senses are absorbed in my phone. I can get on with things. I can 
clean, I can do art, I can, I can't practice piano, but I can go on a run and I can still listen to this podcast in the background and it still is entertaining me, um, but it's not consuming me. I feel like that's the main difference, is when you're so reliant on the visual aspects of, of your phone, you're, you're, that's when you start to get glued to it. So, yeah, that's like a big tip for me, is to get podcasts instead of YouTube. And also, like you learn so much from podcasts, and uh, they're just amazing. And in terms of social media and Instagram, a thing that uh, I really like to do is to mute people that I still want to follow and I still want to be in contact with, but I just don't want to see their posts all the time. I, I don't want to be, you know, scrolling through other people's lives all the time. And I only follow people, sorry, I only view people's posts who are um, inspiring me career-wise, who are in- inspiring me to like live a, a healthier and slower life and, you know, all sorts of things like that to really refine your social media but we'll do a whole podcast about that I'm talking super fast because last time I had to do it in two parts and it was just not the one took like two hours two hours to record so I'm speeding through um but I hope it's I hope it's good uh so my probably my last like main main point is to if you're in a low slump is to like sort out your diet and to really fix your gut health not fix your gut health but start to get on a better gut health journey as it were I'm like totally in the throes of this at the moment I'm like really trying to sort out my diet um but I'll talk about that in a second but there is a direct link between your gut and your brain and your brain and your gut and if you're you're mentally stressed it will directly impact your gut and if your gut is you know being bombarded with processed foods junk foods sugar that is gonna then impact your brain and it's just this it's like a train track right and it just goes round and it links round um that made no sense but i hope you can get on board <laughs> what i was trying to say so your gut is filled to the brim with bacteria and it's good and it's bad bacteria and if the good bacteria outweigh the bad bacteria, you could probably say, oh, I've got a pretty good gut. But if your bad bacteria outweighs the good bacteria, then you're going to be having problems and you might get a leaky gut, which then impacts everything else around it. And you might get eczema, you might get acne, you might get anything because your gut is, it, it has too much bad bacteria and it's literally leaking to everything around it. So a way you can improve your good bacteria is by eating fermented foods um, things that have been curated over a longer period of time such as um, sourdough bread over white bread or um, sorry or kimchi Um, the three they call it the three K's which is slightly problematic but kimchi kefir and kombucha Kimchi is fermented cabbage, it's Asian cuisine. Uh, kefir is fermented milk, which sounds awful. And I, I bought it once and I put it off because I just thought, how could this taste nice? Anyways, I drank it once and uh, it tasted like, just like slightly runny yogurt. And it was really, really nice. And you can get it flavoured in mango, you can get it in all these different flavours. And it's really, really tasty. Um, I put it in smoothies and it literally 
makes the next level so kefir and kombucha which is fermented green tea and it tastes like soda basically but it's really good for you um fermented foods gen generally taste really nice despite the word fermented sounding a bit dodge <laughs> but though those um bacteria from those foods really help the good bacteria also having a wide range of fruit and vegetables in your diet and not just eating fruit and vegetables every day but having um they say up to like 30 fruit and vegetables a week um i counted once and i get about mm, 19 because i'm still quite a fussy eater but whatever um they say up to 30 fruit not up to at least 30 fruit or vegetables a week uh, this is because if you're eating the same fruit and vegetables every day you your body's just going to get used to it and you need that variety um also i should have said that encompasses herbs um maybe spices but also beans and lentils and pulses um anything that's a plant basically i should have said 30 plants um so that's a really good idea and obviously uh limiting your meat intake because it's harder to process for your body and it causes inflammation which causes stress throughout your body and it's just not good <laughs> and it's also not great for the environment so limit it um i'm not saying go like vegan i'm not vegan i'm you know just about a vegetarian but um it's just good to at least limit it not have it all the time not have it every day um so yeah that's like sort out your gut <laughs> basically and we'll have like people on in the future to talk about gut health oh and also stay like super hydrated um that's like key i literally like speaking of hydration literally today for the post i got this glass water bottle because um i don't know just like a side note i just heard that like if you're using plastic water bottles all the time the plastic will kind of like filter into the water and I was like nope <laughs> no thank you I'm not having that so I feel proper swish <laughs> I feel well cool with my water bottle so <laughs> check me out anyways <laughs> anyways I think we are moving forward I think we're near nearing the end which is great still recording I'm panicking because my my uh, thing is super dodge if all of this hasn't worked maybe you just need a bath Right, maybe you just need a pamper day and you just need to watch Netflix all day. You just need to get a pizza, you just need to eat loads of chocolate and just have a pamper day because like, we always do that, right? It's great. <laughs> um, but if you're having a bath, don't try not to use bath bombs because those things really like mess up your pH level down there. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> Stay away from those bath bombs. <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe like, with all of this in mind you just need to have a few days off of just doing nothing and yeah um really just slumping and taking some time off so i hope you've enjoyed this episode i hope it wasn't too fast i really tried to up the energy from my last attempt um and yeah like i hope to get this out soon and my food uh my food of the week is probably, um, hmm. Oh, I made like this vegetable flan thing. I basically, I had like leftovers from, um, 
this potato and vegetable paprika turmeric mush and I had this puff pastry rolled out the puff pastry slapped on the uh, the veg stuff put some pesto on put it in the oven and it was basically like a pizza and it was uh, delicious so oh I just hit the mic no so yeah um, maybe do that <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this uh, episode and um, yeah I'll see you next time hopefully with Sophie <laughs> Sophie come back come back to the podcast um, if you have any questions email bodies behaving badly bodies behaving badly bodies behaving badly sorry <laughs> just trying to practice my singing <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay, okay. Um, I'll see you later. Uh, well, I'll be in your ears next week also, please. Uh, enjoy. And uh, have a good day. Bye!